0: Amen. 2 Kings chapter 4. Anybody ready for the word of the Lord today? 2 Kings chapter 4, beginning at verse number 8. 2 Kings chapter 4, beginning at verse number 8. I do also want to honor my wife, the greatest mother on the planet. And so beautiful. She's just amazing. She's awesome. 2 Kings chapter 4, verse number 8. Now, it happened one day that Elisha went to Shunem, Where there was a notable woman. And she persuaded him to eat some food. So it was as often as he passed by, he would turn in there to eat some food. And she said to her husband, look now. I know that this is a holy man of God who passes by us regularly. Please, let us make a small upper room on the wall. Let's build him a room. And she said, and let let us put in this room, let us put a bed, everybody say a bed, a bed for him there and a table, everybody say a table. Everybody say in a chair. Everybody say a lampstand. He needs a bed, a table, a chair, and a lampstand. So it will be whenever he comes to us, he can turn in there. I want to preach just for a very short time leading up to our transition. What's in the room? what's in the room I want us to pray right now and allow ask the Holy Ghost to move in this service today amen there's just, something, there's just something overflowing in my heart today of thankfulness come on anybody thankful for the goodness of the Lord anybody thankful for his blessings can we just do that can we just give God some thanks and praise right now Jesus name Jesus name I do want us to pray real quickly. I want us to pray. Sister Pat Kubitz is on her way. She's getting going to have surgery, I believe, here shortly. And so we need to pray for Sister Kubitz that God would touch her. There are other needs, Joyce Hayes, uh, Jerry Birch. I also pray for Jim Warden, Carol Pippen. Can you lift up your voice and pray with me right now for these needs in Jesus' name? Lord, we're thankful for your power. God, this room is filled with testimonies of your goodness, testimonies of healings and miracles testimonies of divine intervention and we're praying right now god that you would do that in every one of these situations lord the power of the holy ghost would just move in this place today god let your spirit and your presence fill this place and we're going to give you all the glory all the honor and all the praise that's due to your mighty name in jesus name and everybody said amen amen before you're seated turn around high five somebody tell them it's good to see them in the house of the lord today Second Kings chapter four is absolutely one of my favorite chapters. I know that sounds kind of strange, but uh, it's one of my kind of a unique, a unique uh, portion of scripture there. It's very unique scripture. It's one of my favorites, primarily because of the first two stories that are told in this chapter. Of course, today is Mother's Day. Did y'all know that? Today's Mother's Day. And this story, these two stories involve two mothers. One of them, uh, a mother who was in dire straits because of some difficult circumstances in her life and another one who, who uh, had the unfortunate experience of not being able to have children. But the miraculous provision of God made her a mother. And the impact of mothers in this story is profound The first story in 2 Kings chapter 4 absolutely has been one of those uh, scriptures that has shaped my formation as a believer. How many of you love Brother Jeff Arnold as a preacher? Anybody remember Brother Jeff Arnold? Of course, his wife is from here. He's one of our favorites. When I was brand new in church, you know, Brother Arnold has a way with um, the English language or whatever. Sometimes he says some things and you're just a little bit unsure if, that, if you can say that behind the pulpit or not, but he does, and it's amazing, and it's awesome, and when I was, when I was brand new in church, raw, I mean raw, just coming out of the world, my brother gave me a, a cassette tape. Does anybody remember a cassette tape? You might have to explain it to our students, if you could just explain to them later what a cassette tape is, but I got a cassette tape of Brother Jeff Arnold preaching a message, and it really shaped... My faith that shaped my walk with God. The miracle is looking for a vessel. Has anybody ever anybody ever heard that sermon? If you haven't, you need to go check it out. It is absolutely a phenomenal message. The miracle looking for a vessel, and this first portion of Scripture actually has become kind of my uh, my. Sermon, my kids will ask me when I go preach someplace new. They'll say, Dad, what do you preach? And I just kind of look at them and they already know I'm probably going to preach. The oil is enough. Amen. See, there was this mother, there was this mother that the Bible says her husband was dead and the creditor was come to take her two sons to be bondmen. She was in dire straits, she was in a difficult predicament, a difficult situation but mama knew where to go for the answer. Come on, anybody thankful for some spiritual moms that understand when life gets tough, the time to hit your prayer closet and get on your knees and pray before God and get an answer from God. Come on, somebody. Mama knew where to go, mama. Went to the prophet, and, and it's interesting. It really didn't hit me until this morning. It's interesting that, that the, the, she asked, told the prophet about the situation, the scenario, and the prophet looked at her and he asked this question, What do you have in the house? What do you have in the house? And that's going to be kind of our theme for the day. What do you have in the house? And she said, I don't have anything in the house except a little pot of oil. So all I have is just a little pot of oil. And the man of God, in essence, said, the oil is enough. Yes. Oil always represented in Scripture the Holy Ghost. The Bible says the word of the Lord came to Zechariah, and he said, go tell Zerubbabel, I see I see olive trees with an endless supply of olives on either side of the golden candlesticks. And it, it, it fed oil into these candlesticks that the light would never go out. And he said, and you go tell Zerubbabel not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. Can I just interject here for just a moment, ladies and gentlemen, that the oil is still enough I don't care what you're going through. I don't care what the situation is. I don't care what the problem is. I don't care what the enemy is trying to tell you. The Holy Ghost, the power of the Holy Ghost, working in your life, it's still enough. What we need in the house is the oil of the Holy Ghost. We may have a lot in the house, But if we don't have the oil, we don't have anything. Come on, somebody. The oil is enough. They had a miracle. She was able to pay her debt because of the oil. But the second story in this chapter has great value and great importance as well. The Bible says that there was a woman, the Shunammite woman, We don't know a whole lot about her. The Bible just simply says she was a great woman. It's very likely that she was a businesswoman, that she was very successful. Her family was very successful. She was a notable woman. The Bible says that that the prophet of God would often pass by there. You see, Shunem was a city that was on the route between Samaria and Carmel. This was a route that Elisha would often travel in his ministry. And so this this woman of God uh, uh, recognized that God was moving. His hand was on Elisha. And so something inside of her made up in her mind. We've got to make sure that we're providing for this prophet, for this spirit of God moving in our country. And so the Bible says that she persuaded Elisha She literally, one translation literally says she laid hold on him and constrained him that if Elisha was going to be passing by her house, she wanted the presence of God in her home. She would not be denied, so much so... That, that, that she would bring him in, it became just a regular occurrence until one day she went to her husband and said, ah, we, we, we've been blessed, the man of God constantly comes by and he constantly comes in our home. But, but we need to do more than what we're doing right now. We need to make sure that there's a place for the presence of God. We need to make sure that our house and our home is filled with the presence of God. Come on, somebody, anybody? Is that your prayer? Is that your prayer today? I thank God, I thank God for a praying mother. When I was acting a fool and acting crazy, I thank God that I had a praying mother that said the presence of God is gonna be in this house. You may be acting a fool out there, but when you come in, oh come on mamas, I wanna encourage. I want to encourage some women of God in this place today. Don't you think that your prayers are going unanswered? You just keep on seeking God and keep on praying to God and you just keep praying. In this house, we're going to make sure that there's room for the presence of God. And so the Bible says that she went to her husband and said, we've got to make space for him. There are five things that are mentioned that I want to just talk about for just a moment. The first thing was she made the room she made sure that God had a place in her life I see so many people going through life and how many of y'all are busy anybody busy anybody just anybody tired this morning I mean I mean we live in a busy world don't we we got our lives filled with this we got our lives filled with that we got all these things happening in our lives But somewhere along the line, we've got to stop and be intentional and say, God, I want to make sure that there's room for you in my life. Come on, somebody. How many of you know that the things of this world will not stand and they will not last? It's only the things of God that will stand forever. And people are building their lives around temporal things. Never forget, I had a conversation with my dad Uh, uh, it's been, it's been several years now, but my whole life growing up, everything was built around sports. If it wasn't a sport, we didn't do it. And, and that, that was my whole life. My dad raised us to be athletes, my brother and I, to, to be involved in sports. And I'll never forget God started changing his heart and started working on him. And just a few years ago, he sat down with me and my brother and we were talking about Uh, about all of the games that we played in and all the different activities we were involved in. And my dad, with tears in his eyes, said, boys, here's what I've come to realize. At the end of the day, I gave my whole life to something that at the end doesn't even matter at all. I wish I could go back and change it. I wish I could go back and get you guys into the house of God. I wish I could go back and make God the first. Come on, somebody. I don't wanna live a life looking back saying, I wish I would've made room for Jesus in my life. I wanna make sure he's not just a part of my life, but he's the center of everything that I do. I want him to know he's important. He's the most important thing in my life. I've gotta make room for Jesus in my life. It's interesting, it's interesting how the scripture gives us details, isn't it? Like we know what should be in a room, but the scripture is very intentional about what is included in this particular room, the place that she's making for God. The first thing that she says has to be in this room is there has to be a chair. Everybody say a chair. chair. I don't think that's by accident because if you're going to have the spirit of God in your life, Jesus has to have the throne of your life. Come on, somebody. You gotta, if you're going to build a room for Jesus in your life, the only way you're going to get him to come in is if you build him a throne and make him both Lord and Savior of your life. A lot of people want Jesus to casually stop by. He's not looking for just a casual interaction with you. He wants to come and be the Lord and Savior in your life. He wants to become the king of your life. You've gotta have a made of mind, God, in this house. You reign supreme. How do you know if you have a throne in your life? Here's how you know if Jesus has complete authority and power to speak to things in your life. Well, I don't like like it that way. I wish you didn't say that in scripture. Well, guess what? He's the king of kings and he's the lord of lords. And if you're going to have the presence of God in your life, then you're going to have to have the throne that says God, I bow and surrender to your lordship. I surrender to your kingship because you are high and lifted up because you are almighty. Come on, somebody. You've got to make him king of your life. you got to sit him on the throne. you got to sit him on the throne of your heart. Can I tell you the greatest battle, one of the greatest battles you'll ever fight is who sits in the chair of your house. The greatest battle is not external. The greatest battle is who's going to sit on the throne of your life. You or Jesus? You or Jesus? If you want the presence of God, you've got to say, Lord, this chair is specifically for you. This, this throne is designed specifically, when you come, you're gonna sit in the throne of my life. Come on, I want Jesus to reign supreme in my life because here's what I know. If, he'll, if, I'll, if I'll give him the throne of my life, now I have access to the power of the king. I have access to the authority of the king. I've got access to the wealth of the king if I make him the lord of my life. The third thing. That was in the house was a table. Everybody say, A table. I heard it. She said it, A table. You gotta have a table in your house. A table represents fellowship. I see, we don't do this much anymore, but used to be back in the day, families actually used to sit down to a table and have dinner. Now, now, a lot of our dinners, I'm, I'm including myself, are swinging through Chick-fil-A and pulling stuff out of bag and flinging it somewhere. Can I get a witness from somebody? But there's something powerful about a table of fellowship. There's something powerful about making a place, a, being intentional about making a place that we're gonna sit down together, we're gonna to look at each other across the table, and we're gonna rejoice and celebrate together over the goodness of God. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Seeing at a table, now, you and I could go out and we could, we could find food all hours of the night, right? We go to Chick-fil-A except on Sundays, bless God go to city but you go whenever you you could go find food anywhere but back in the day you know what a table represented a table represented god i understand that you are the provider if you don't come through then we're not going to have anything to eat at the table but how many of you know he's a good god and he's faithful and he's a provide he alone is my provider and he desires for you to come and sit at the table of fellowship with him and to commune with him and to talk with him. Let us have a little talk with Jesus. Let's tell him all about our troubles.